This episode is sponsored by ShopPortuguese.com, home to unique Portuguese-inspired gifts like funny t-shirts, jewelry, books, food, and so much more. Visit ShopPortuguese.com and use code RPortuguesetable, all one word, for an additional 10% off your total purchase. And as always, shipping is free. Welcome to our Portuguese Table podcast. I'm Maria Lott and these are in Green Bean. And I'm Angela Samoz, and we're just two chicks dishing about Portuguese food, culture, and what it means to be Portuguese. So grab a glass of vinho or un copo de café and join us as we talk about our favorite foods, reminisce about growing up Portuguese, and interview some of our community's most successful chefs and food writers. So, so sit, sit down, down at our Portuguese, Portuguese table. table. Bom dia, boa tarde. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another every, another bom episode. Bom dia, bom dia. <laughs> bom dia. How are you, honey? How are you? I, I'm doing all right. How are you? I can't complain. It's a very cold and wet day here in New England. How is it in California? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, <laughs> you, go ahead. Go ahead. Make oh, me feel bad. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like, I think it's 70 something today. Oh, and yeah. Okay, I don't want to hear anymore. Don't tell me yeah. anymore. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> don't I don't want to hear it. Nope. And we do this all the time. I'll I'll send, um, I'll be talking to Angela or sending a message and I'm like, oh, it's so cold and raw and this and that. And she sends me like little uh, snap pictures of like the sun and the weather that it's right now in her home so she yeah. does this to make me uh, I like to rub it in yeah come on come on over to yeah. California so, here let me here, you know why I do that because I'm getting back at you for being on the east coast and having access to all these wonderful Portuguese restaurants oh. and resources <laughs> because I don't have that so you get stuck with the crappy weather but you got the good restaurants I get stuck with the good weather and I'm limited so that's tip for tap. We heard it here, folks. We heard it here. <laughs> that is too funny. Okay. All right. You're, you're, then you can absolutely do that because I yes. know what you're going through out there. So, yes. yes. And today, one of our guests is just making me. I like, know. I'm not, and I, I haven't know. even been there and I miss going well, there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I have to, to say this right off the bat. I know Jessica and I actually, I'm usually there at least once a week. If, if, every, like if Bob is home, oh no, sometimes too, but I don't want to go there. But at least we try to be there at least once a week, at least. We're not counting the weeks that I show up for breakfast and then I go show up for lunch another day and on the weekends show up for dinner. I am not counting that. <laughs> but I can honestly say it's, this is now, you know, just personal stuff. It's one of my, our favorite places. So I want to make sure I say that right off the bat in the beginning. But we have been wanting to have her on. And she's a very busy woman. And I'm just so excited that she said yes. And that <laughs> we have her on today. So yeah. um, Jessica, are you there, honey? Yes. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hello. Well, again, thank you for, for being here and for being at, here at our Portuguese table. Now, I've spoken about you to Angela, so yes. she is well lots, aware. Lots and lots. Lots and lots. <laughs> she is well aware of Hopefully what... Hopefully all great things. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
for the benefit of our listeners, so this is Jessica Coelho or Coelho, however, wherever you are, however you want to pronounce it, uh, owner of Tia Maria's European Cafe in New Bedford, correct? Yes. Yep. Um, a lot of a lot of Portuguese people will call me Coelho. Um, then you have the Americans, I'll say Coelho, and then you have yeah. others that are just like uh, Coelho. Yeah. <laughs> I respond to it. I even respond to Maria now. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you really? Well, you know, because it's called Tia Maria's European Cafe. So, you know, when people find oh, out that go. I am the owner, they're like, oh, Maria. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do explain to them how we came about naming it Tia Maria. Yeah. So let's let's explain it to our audience. How did the name, what was the name, what was the name after? Because I know the story. So. so when I decided to open up a little cafe, one of the things I always wanted to do um, I knew, you know, right off the bat, I had to come out with a name that everyone can relate to. I didn't know what the future was going to be. And I knew I wanted to have a brand. Um, so for me, when I was, you know, brainstorming, trying to figure out like, hmm, what can we call this cafe or, you know, my restaurant. And it dawned on me, you know, just from looking at the aesthetics of the building, because I feel like I give the full package. It's not just the Portuguese cuisine. It's you know, the building's from 1825. So there's mm-hmm. history there. And then our, our street has the cobblestones. Um, so it made me feel like I was in Portugal. And then I was like, ah, Tia Maria's, everyone has one. Yeah. <laughs> I have four. So for me, it's just one of those relatable names, um, you know, down the road, if I wanted to move on, which I don't, I can never see myself ever moving on from this. Um, I'm in it for the long haul. But um, Tia Maria's was something that I think everyone in this particular area could relate to. And when they do come in, you know, often I do hear like, ah, oh, it feels like I'm at my Tia Maria's. So <laughs> that's how the name came about. <laughs> well, you know, awesome. I, um, like I said before, you know, it's, it's in downtown New Bedford, which, you know, I grew up in New Bedford. And where it's located is right next to the Whaling Museum. It's right behind the Whaling Museum. So we get to enjoy it a lot. We love it there. And Jessica's well aware of our love for, for everything that comes out of that kitchen. But for those of us that want to know more about you, could you start with your parents? Because I know your parents, um, you know, where, where they're from. And, and I know they play a very big part of Tia Maria's um, yes, restaurant. Absolutely. So, so can you start with there with your parents? Yeah, so my parents are from mainland Portugal. They're from Serra da Estrela. Um, they're, my father's from Linhaje da Beira, and my mom is from a nearby town called Saglidaj. Um, so they're from the mountains, and uh, my dad came here um, a little after my mother. My mom came here in the 70s, of course, you know, the American dream, uh, more opportunity. Uh, my mom's one of 10, and my uncle actually matched up my parents, and they wrote each other for about a year. And then my dad in one of the letters was like, I want to marry you. <laughs> and they, um, they met for the first time with the intent to wed um, in Boston. They wed within the month. And so they came in the 70s and worked very hard. And, you know, growing up as a kid, one of the things that my parents made sure was I stayed culturally connected with my Portuguese you know, background. And so every summer when most kids went to summer camp, I was sent off to Portugal to spend the summers with my family, um, my father's sister. Uh, and so from there, I developed a love for the, the culture. 
Um, but also the cafe culture, it's like where you start your day, it's where you go after lunch, it's where you meet your friends. And mm-hmm. I thought as a kid, like, or as a teen, I was like, wow, this is great. Like, I wish I could do this back home because I felt like there wasn't, you know, any place that, you know, kids my age could kind of hang and have that, that experience. And so once I finished high school, obviously my parents had a great emphasis on, you know, making sure I focused on my studies. My dad tried to push me into nursing and I was like, ah, not happening. Don't have the stomach for it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I decided to major in business and I went to UMass Dartmouth. I graduated from the Charleston School of Business. And I can't say enough about that program because it really gave me a well-rounded education in regards to, you know, knowing how to market myself um, as a brand, also having an understanding of financials, accounting, and you know, everything that it takes to run a business. Also, while I was in school, while I was studying, um, I always worked in the restaurant industry. You know, I studied, I worked part time. Um, a few of my families, a few of my aunts and uncles also own restaurants in the area as well. And so I knew one day this was going to happen. I felt like I had the experience with the education, I'd be able to one day open up a cafe. Obviously, things take a little time. <laughs> But finally, when I was 28, I was like, you know what, now or never, I don't have any children yet. Let's do this. If I don't do it, um, I'll be one of those that would think back and think, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And um, I went for it. And thankfully, it's worked out in my favor. And I've had huge support. You mentioned that my parents are heavily involved. And they truly are, um, you know, more than I want them to be sometimes. (laughs) I do want them to enjoy, you know, themselves, and, and they do. They still, I told them go back and forth to Portugal as many times as you want. Just come back. Um, but they, they, they do travel often. Um, just last year, they went back and forth four times. Um, but you know, they come, and when they are here, they're a huge asset. And you know, they they definitely um, push me. They make sure I don't stay comfortable. Um, they always want me to do well, which is awesome to have that support. Yeah, and they help me also keep it authentic. You know, any given time that someone walks into our cafe, they, they can find, you know, my mom either, you know, making one of, you know, a dessert, a hujlus, or they can find my dad just even, you know, helping me just by even cleaning a table. So we give, uh, we're a family place. So we give people that full experience. And I, I like to think we're welcoming, don't you, Maria? <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Well, what's great about, this is that, you know, with um, Jessica's mom, like like she was saying, Sr. Isabel, you know, sometimes when they are here and not in Portugal, she's in the kitchen cooking. I mean, and it's like she's in there. She's got her bata on. For those mm-hmm. that are not Portuguese, a bata is almost like a an apron, but it, it covers more of you. And she's in there and she's cooking away. And, you know, and the dad, uh, Stu Quig, because that's what I call him always, <laughs> he's he's like either, you know, cutting the rodelas, which are... Um, you know, potatoes, for those, again, who don't know, they're like thinly sliced potatoes that that are turned into potato chips, homemade potato chips. He's doing that or he's cleaning the table and and there he's he's always there or, or in the springtime planting flowers outside the, the restaurant. I mean, it's a family business. And I know that it's Jessica's, you know, it's not that the business belongs to her parents, but her parents are so supportive 
of wanting her to succeed and to do well and to help her as much as they can, you know, that they're there whenever possible. And it's love. I mean, you can see how much they're, how they're so proud of you. And, you know, and they, they, you know, it it really is. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling that you get when you're there. And I, and I've said this before and, uh, you know, I've said this to you and to your parents. I feel like I'm part of the family when I'm there. And I know a lot of other, you know, customers or clients, however you want, feel that same way. And it's not every place that makes you feel that way. So whatever it is that you do, Miss Jessica, you just <laughs> you're doing it, honey. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I am truly, truly lucky. And it's to the point too, where a lot of times my customers, when my parents are in Portugal for a long length period, they'll ask like, oh, is everything okay with your dad? I haven't seen him. And so it's, <laughs> it's become one of those things where I'm just like, no, he's fine. He's just enjoying his retirement. You know, and I, like I said, I, I do wish them to spend more time outside of Tia's. However, um, it is a blessing also because I am very fortunate that I get to spend the amount of time that I spend with them because, you know, one way or another, whether it's working, we're creating memories. This is time that I'll always, you know, reflect and be thankful for it. And I try to, I stay thankful for it now and be grateful that I do have their help. And, you know, in the time that I do get to spend with them, I, I truly do appreciate it because I know, you know, at any time life can be cut short. That's right. So I'm, I'm curious, you said that you went to, you got a business degree, right? And then, yeah. and you always wanted to open a cafe, but did you have, well, you said you had food experience because you'd worked in restaurants and things like that. Um, but as far as like creating the menu and things like that, because I think, and the reason I'm asking is because, it, you know, you talk to a lot of people sometimes and they say, oh, I've always wanted to open a cafe or a restaurant, but I don't have any experience. Like I'm not a chef and things like that. So what would be... Um, I don't know, I guess maybe your advice to those people who want to do something or how did you overcome some of the challenges when it came to things that you maybe weren't an expert on, you know, when it came to opening a restaurant? Um, Well, I don't consider myself a cook. Um, I, I consider myself as just, you know, cooking my mother's recipes like any other person would, you know, like when people pick up Maria's cookbook. You know, they're just following, you know, recipes. A lot of the stuff that I had, I mean, obviously I know how to make every single thing on my menu. I did have to learn. And um, because, you know, you want to put out a product and you don't want to rely on anyone else. And, you know, like my parents say, so (laughs) it was one of those things like, okay, like I need to learn my mom's recipes. And I did. And, you know, my whole thing, uh, my advice to anyone that's looking to open up a restaurant, cafe, for the love of, you know, customer service, or, you know, if they love the food industry, but don't have the culinary experience, is to just do it with love. If you have the motivation to do it, and to learn, it's achievable. I know for me, uh, it was a little challenging, because, you know, cooking with my mom, it's it's not easy, because she doesn't have proper measurements, like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I'm like, okay, what's a little bit? (laughs) What's a little to you might not be, you know, might be a lot to me. So that was a little bit challenging. uh, But once we nailed our recipes and once we all got on the same page as to what our offerings would be and what would be on our menu, you know, it takes time. I still feel like I have a working menu. I update my menu often. um, And it's all, all, of course, um, based on customer demand. Sometimes I'll have customers call me and say, oh, you know, I'd love to have cabrito on Friday. And I'm like, all right, like, let's see what we can do. So, you know, I kind of just be willing to adjust 
And I think because I listen to my customers and they keep my doors open, I listen to them. And it's really helped me grow the business as well because it's given me insight as to what my customers, what they're looking for and what they you know, want from Tia Maria's. And I think it's really helped in the success. So to anyone looking to open up a restaurant, I would say um, be willing to adjust and take constructive feedback, you know, criticism, you know, and roll with it and always look to improve. Yeah, it's funny you say, um, well, first of all, you were 28 when you decided to do this, which, you know, for me, I mean, I'm an old lady. I'm just thinking of when I was 28. I'm like going way back when now, folks. I'm thinking, you know, that's really a very ambitious thing to do at that age. That's really amazing. I think it is. Because there are people who at a younger age would go, oh, I'll wait till, you know, I'm a little older or Mm -hmm. I'll wait till, you know, this and this or I'll wait for that or, you know, you know, just whatever it is. And to be at 28 and know this is what I want to do. I'm going to seize the opportunity, the moment, and I'm just going to do it. And that, that's a fearlessness that not everyone possesses. Well, I definitely rolled the dice. (laughs) I was like, all right, I'm doing this. And I figured, but you know what? That's, that's how to do it. I mean, that's the thing. And one of the things that we talk about this and, and we've, And Angela, say, I mean, agree if you you think I'm right. And that is for the most successful Portuguese businesses that we have out there that we've interviewed, that we've spoken to. I mean, that is the key thing right there. And that is you have that thought, you have that dream, you have that ambition, and you just do it. You find a way and you just do it. Because it it has to be there. It's got to be there. It isn't a type of thing where I'm going to wait for someone else. No, no. You know, you cannot wait for someone else to make whatever you want to do happen. Right. It's your dream, not anyone else's. You've got to do it. And you have to be fearless. You have to do it. Now, and you have to be willing to sacrifice. A lot of sacrifice went into this. Yeah. I'd say sacrifice and you have to find motivation on the days, especially when it's most challenging and you start to ask yourself, what the hell am I doing? Why did I do this? This is too much. (laughs) And I I just want to say also kudos to your parents for being so supportive because I think a lot of times we hear stories about how Portuguese parents are so risk averse, right? And you you tell them that you want to do something and they say, oh, no, no, that's, that's just get a job. Just pay your bills. Don't cause a problem. You know, just uh, you know, kind of fly under the radar and which always cracks me up because our ancestors took the biggest risk ever <laughs> in, in exploring the world and, and even, you know, just a few generations back coming and immigrating to the United States or to the Canada or wherever they went. <clears throat> and then once they landed here, it was like, okay, that's enough risk for a lifetime. <laughs> Everybody be conservative from now on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, Don't get me wrong. They had their reservations, however, but um, they also still gave me their blessings. They're like, "All right, if this is what you want to do." Yeah, that's um, amazing. They they knew that it was a risk, and you know, my dad was just like, "Oh, you have a good job. You know, why why are you going to leave it?" And once I explained it to them, and I don't know if it's, I'm also very passionate. 
So I don't know if it was just a passion and I, you know, my business plan. I'm like, look, this is how it's going to go. I'll have, you know, identified who my customers were going to be. And I don't know if I just put on a killer presentation to them, but they're like, okay, like this is what she's going to do, whether we say yes or no. And I think at that point they were like, okay, we're going to help her succeed. And they, they totally have. And I honestly don't think I would be where I am without them today. Just in, not just with the cafe, but in life in general, they've mm-hmm. always been, um, you know, just very supportive, even, you know, making sure like I stay connected with my my Portuguese family, you know, in Portugal, it was just always very important to them. And they were always just very supportive in regards to like traveling. Um, you know, I, I am truly lucky. Yeah. No, that's and, amazing. Uh, the other thing you mentioned about listening to your customers and having Kabrit on Friday. Well, that was, you must've been talking to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He's the one who'll have the Kabrit and the Dobrada. And I'll be like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) No, you stick to your (laughs) Bifanish. Yes. Oh my God. Her mom, well, her mom and now Jessica, they make the best Bifana dish. It's all about how you marinate them. <laughs> oh my God. And the Maria, you've talked about this Bifana before, so it must be legendary. It's it's like, you know, so it's funny. Sometimes I go into the restaurant. I don't even see Jessica. I don't see her parents. I don't see, you know, I don't see anyone. But so Bob and I will go in. And the first thing we get is we get risos. We get risos de camarão. So, which is the, the, the croquettes, shrimp. the shrimp croquettes. And that's the first thing we order. And then, and we already know, because we don't go, oh, come back when we know. We just know everything. This is what we want to have. And sometimes we don't even look at the menu. And we go, okay. And then for me, it's a bifana plate. That's like amazing. With the hodalage and maybe some vegetables or, you know, whatever. Or salad, oh, whatever it may be. Or, or a side of soup, because they make this most delicious caldered, which is incredible. And so... It's funny. Once that menu, whatever the waitresses bring it out back, whatever, all of a sudden, Jessica comes up. She goes, oh, I knew it was you because it's always, (laughs) it's like the same kind of thing that I always order when I go over. And I do, I do try out different things, but that is like my staple. Like, I just, it's like, I have to have my, I don't know. It's like the best bifana. Best. The next time Angela comes to the East Coast, she's going to have to visit. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to have to spend a month there because <laughs> there are so many places I want to visit. I told her on the last podcast, you know, now that I have like an extra bedroom now in my house, she can stay mm-hmm. and stay mm-hmm. here. And then we'll just do all the traveling around the area and just like, just eat meat. Girls trip. Yeah. <laughs> So is there a dish, okay, so aside from the be funny, is there a dish that you're known for? Because I was I was looking at your menu. You have a really awesome mix of traditional Portuguese dishes, uh, fusion Portuguese dishes, and then some just general American food. So it's like a really good mix. So I'm wondering if there's like a dish that you're really known for, or maybe a couple of dishes. So uh, because we are in the historic district um, and it's very touristy in the area that we're at, we do offer um, just American staples. Like for lunch, we'll have like, we literally have a section that's called basic sandwiches for people that don't like to, you know, adventure off, you know, they like to stick to the basics. The risk averse Uh, people. 
Right. You know, so we try to cater to, we try to, cater to the masses. And, uh, but one of our popular, popular dishes is our signature steak, which is made with a homemade gravy, um, garlic based, uh, vegetable and beef based. And it's topped with two eggs, you know, hot peppers served with our homemade rice and then also the uh, hand cut rodellas. That is what's super popular for us. Um, we sell steaks all day. The other one that um, became kind of like a quick, you know, it was kind of just like, okay, like I want to come up with, you know, either, you know, a burger that, you know, still had a Portuguese flair to it. Um, the Azorian burger, which mm-hmm. is... I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that which was... Which is amazing, by the way. Amazing. And thank you. <laughs> and that actually, um, from my travels, just going to San Miguel and vacationing there, I got inspired because I noticed that a lot of their burgers had cages of San Jorge, but rightfully it should. <laughs> and, uh, you know, pineapple is huge in San Miguel as well. And so we brought over the Azorian burger, and that's one of our top sellers, in addition to the Portuguese burger, which the Portuguese burger, it's the um, half pound burger. Uh, with the linguiça, egg, hot peppers, and we put rodellas in the in the burger as well. The, the, the fries are the rodellas are in the sandwich, Angela. Yeah. In it, I, that's my kind of. I love that. I actually put yeah. fries in my hamburger just whenever I get one. So that's yeah. you and I are on the same wavelength. That's awesome. <laughs> So that became a popular lunch item as well. And then there's some things that I was just like, okay, like, cause I serve breakfast and lunch. So I'm like, okay, like what can we, you know, use some of our breakfast items, you know, some of our breakfast prep for, you know, always looking to use ingredients and multiple entrees and whatnot. And so we came up with the Portuguese nachos, which has onions, peppers. Yes, I saw those too. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot of our breakfast prep just thrown on nachos with, um, you know, mozzarella cheese, that's a huge seller here. And then we have chicken Mozambique tenders. Um, oh, my girls love that. Yeah, it, I mean, we make our sauce on a little bit on the thicker side. Um, and it, it sets us apart from other Portuguese restaurants in the area. And so we kind of added our own twist. Ours is a little spicier as well. So just putting our own little twist on things, I think, has set us apart from other mm-hmm. Portuguese restaurants in the area. We are lucky enough that we're surrounded by so many great places. Yeah, it's quite an extensive menu. So for anyone who wants to go look, the website is tiamariaseuropeancafe.com, all one word. And man, you know, when I, when I opened the, the website and I saw the picture of the place, just the picture, I was like, damn it, I want to go there now. It's not fair. And then I started looking at the menu and it's just, and then I think, you know, it's probably a good thing I don't live there because I, I think I would be there like every day. I mean, you know, <laughs> you'd be a regular customer. Just like, I totally would. I'd be like Norm and I would have my own stool at like the same place yeah. every time. Yeah, uh, totally. Absolutely. Well, yeah, when, when we opened up the cafe too, like I thought I was just going to be, you know, a traditional European cafe where it was just coffee, pastries, a few desserts, but I realized quickly <laughs> that doesn't pay the bills. No. <laughs> and so it's been quite interesting to see how the business has evolved. You know, in the morning, we have like our early morning coffee drinkers. Then we'll swing into like full breakfast where we offer, you know, saint George sandwiches, Cajun the Sata sandwiches. Uh, we'll do, you know, like breakfast pizza. Um, we have a, you know, a few twists. You can have salad. Yes, the, the masa, the, the sweet bread, uh, French toast. Yeah. And boules lèvres yeah. and a sandwich. Oh, my God. Mm, yeah. And then uh, we swing into lunch. And lunch is where you can find a lot of, you know, the Portuguese staples that you find at many restaurants. And then when we do dinner on Fridays and Saturday nights, 
we also become like a late night dessert location where people will come in, you know, afterwards and have dessert and enjoy some port wine. So it's been interesting to see how the business has evolved, you know, and I'm loving all aspects of it. It's been great to just, you know, be a staple in the community. You know, people think New Bedford and they're starting to think New Bedford and Tia Maria's hand in hand. I worked many, many years um, at Antonio's who's been a around, you know, for the last 25 years and, you know, to just be known as a Portuguese restaurant in New Bedford and be on their level when I'm still so much in my infancy has been truly amazing. And so speaking of your customers, so I know New Bedford and Fall Road, like that whole area is heavily Portuguese to begin with, but I mean, it's not a hundred percent. So what's the, what's the demographic? Did you, is it like a good 50, 50 mix of Portuguese and non-Portuguese or is it mostly Portuguese? So during the week, um, I catered a lot to the neighborhood folks and also the tourists. Um, we have the, the ships to Martha's Vineyard and also Nantucket um, right nearby. And then we also have the Whaling Museum, who they draw 100,000 guests per year. So during the week, I'm more of like the tourist neighborhood joint. Um, weekends, um, I become more of a destination where people that live in the city, like they come to see, they come to Tia Maria's and that's where I get my Portuguese clientele, um, because, you know, we're working during the week. We can't go right. to areas. We pulled up right. They're still working. <laughs> so weekends are, like, super slamming here. Um, generally, um, if you come for breakfast between 9 and noon, I'm on wait pretty much the whole time. Lunches are pretty good as well. Sundays are, we only serve breakfast only. And, you know, a lot of our customers are Portuguese, and they, they go to church, and they'll come to Tia Maria's, or they'll go to Tia Maria's first, and then go to church. So uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been quite an experience to connect with the community in the way that we have because during the week where we cater to the tourists and then the weekends it's like we're catering to our community. Yeah, yeah, and you know I I think it would be so dangerous. This is just on a personal level because we know you're open for dinner on Friday and Saturday, so we we're always there for for dinner on the weekends. But I think if it was open every night for dinner, I don't know what we would do because that would that would be very dangerous. I love it that it's on weekends. I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're, st- we're a family place. And, you know, I'm a firm believer also in work-life balance. And for me, I think the demand is there that I could potentially open for more dinners. However, I think, you know, even the hours that we are open, I mean, I'm putting in like 70 to 80 hours a week. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. And so I couldn't imagine <laughs> um, no. having dinner seven days a week. Like kudos to the restaurants that are open that late every every day. Because for me, um, it's more about like, you know what, I, I like I like the scheduling that we have now. I feel like we still reach the customers that we're trying to reach. And at the same time, we still have a nice work-life balance, even though I'm working 80 hours a week. (laughs) Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. Absolutely not. And I also think, too, it's like, this is my baby. So it's, you know, I want to make sure everyone has a a positive experience. I I mean, I do have a general manager who's also my fiancé, and he he helps tremendously as well. Um, Thankfully, we're both on the same page when it comes to you know, ensuring every guest has a positive experience. And, you know, our goal is to make sure, you know, they tell their friends and their friends tell their friends. Um, Each year, luckily, we've continued to grow. And, you know, I don't see a slowdown. Um, You know, hopefully we'll continue to grow from here. 
Yeah. Well, you know, now that we're sitting here at this table, you know, we all have a glass of wine on our hands and we're talking and you just mentioned your fiance. What is his name? Ryan Aruda. <laughs> so you will be Miss, uh, Mrs. Jessica Aruda. I love it. Yeah, I, I can't drop the quail. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is my daughter did the same. Oh, she, did she? she did, even though she had a very long last name she married into, she kept the the lot name in there. Yeah, she did. Well, well I'm so glad to hear that. I think for us too, it's like, you know, it's more just one, my dad doesn't have any boys. It's just me and my sister. And it's like, I want to carry on the last name, you know? And, yeah. You know, even though it's still also a very Portuguese last name, I'm still cool with it. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still trying to hold on to the Koyu. <laughs> I love it. Love it, love it. Yeah, I held on to uh, my maiden name as my middle name. So I'm totally yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents only gave me a first and last name and that was it because they said they had six and they only used the first and last. So why were they going to give me, you know, five other names? So it kind of mm-hmm. worked out because I just bump. I'm going to just bump Coelho to my middle name. Wow, that is unheard of. Yeah, I know. I thought for sure you had a Maria in there. No, no, no. But oh. yeah, I can probably throw it in there at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, when you go do your name change, you know, for the official after you're married, just throw Maria in there and then, you know. Yeah, why not? One. <laughs> so he's a, he's a good Portuguese boy. Yeah, so we crossed, we mixed. He's a Zorian, I'm, you know, continent, but it's working out because he loves the mainland as much as I love, you know, the Azores. So luckily for me, it's, it's working out. <laughs> yeah, it's not a problem. I'm half and half. I'm half Azorian, half mainland. So you know, you produce great babies that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are in our future. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I hope so, right? <laughs> so are there things that, um, like, maybe his family makes that your family didn't? And then, like, has he helped influence the menu at all? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, he, I have an Azorian steak because of him, actually. Because, you know, people from the Azores, San Miguel, they love their spice. <laughs> and so yeah. he... He helps, he helps assist with that. He's like, you need something spicy for, you know, the Azorians. We love our spice. Um, sometimes we'll have like a sablada as well. I didn't know like what a sablada was. Oh my and God. I love sablada. Yeah. And that's, that's very popular in San Miguel. And yeah. you know, I've heard about it in mainland, but it, there wasn't, it wasn't as crazy as when you go to St. Michael and, you know, sablada and everything really. And yeah. so, um, a lot of times we'll do, we used to have it on our menu because again, we're always trying to switch up our menu, keeping it fresh so that you know people stay interested. Um, and so we used to have on our menu an Azori, um, what was it? A Sablada hamburger. Where right, it, was it, was smothered. Yeah. it was smothered. We had a Sablada on chicken sandwich that was smothered as well. Um, we took it off for a little bit, but we do put it on special. And uh, every time we do, it sells. So maybe when we do our next menu update, we'll have to sneak it out. You know how my mom did, um, I loved having the sablada was with fish. Ooh, Mm -hmm. delicious. Yeah. And that that was always something when she would have like, you know, the fresh fish and it would be broiled or, you know, uh, barbecue, whatever, you know. It, whatever done, she would have either sablada on top of or sablada on the side. It, it was, that was like, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, That's uh, one of my favorite ways. I've used your recipe for that, Maria, and it's, oh my God, it's so, so good. The fish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's for amazing. Sure. 
<laughs> it is amazing. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to ask you a couple of questions just so people also know what Jessica likes. And yeah. so if we had to say, okay, Jessica, what is like your favorite, favorite dish that your mom makes for you? What's your, what's your favorite dish, honey? Uh, so I love bacalhau abraz. So for mm-hmm. those that don't know what bacalhau abraz, it's a uh, shredded cod mixed with um, fried onions, potatoes, all mixed in a bound of scrambled eggs and it's topped with fresh um, sliced tomatoes. And I don't know if it's because of the way my mother makes it, but I have it other places and I'm just kind of like, mm, nope, my mom's still the best. But of course, everything <laughs> your mom makes is the best. <laughs> but our bacchiao bras, I would say, is top notch. And then also the dubrava. Uh, we make dubrava every Friday night here. Um, and that's the tripe stew, pork, shitty, slunguisa, um, carrots, and white beans. And it's just so good, so hearty. It's served with white rice, and it's become uh, Tia's favorite. Isn't that something? Okay, now now we're going to go the opposite now. What is your least favorite? I cannot do quayu. I don't know why. Too much. Oh, how funny. <laughs> I just can't do quayu. And I, I don't know if it's also from childhood experience when my family would trick me and tell me it was chicken. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, di- different kind of chicken, but... I just can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny is I don't care for quail either. And again, my husband does. He likes it. He'll, he'll, he'll have a a rabbit stew. He likes that. But I don't, it's so many bones in it, hardly any meat. And I, I, that I'm, I'm right there with you on that one, honey. I'm right. I agree with you. But then I love sardines. So the thing is, oh my gosh, I love the smell. I love the taste. I love everything about it. And of course there's so much bone. But, I mean, you can always, you know, work around it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know a lot of people that just eat the bones because they're so flexible and I guess. Oh, no, I wish. (laughs) Yeah, I think depending on the size of the sardine. But if it's a mackerel, like the little horse mackerels, the shishash. Yeah, you just eat the whole thing, right? You eat the whole thing. Right? Yes, I love that. I'll eat those those two deep fried. So delicious. They are like candy. I mean, well, they're not, but they, I mean, you, you just pop those in the mouth. Do you agree, Angela? I've never had them. <laughs> you got to add that to your list. No, because it's a, so it's, it's a couple things. One, I just haven't had like a lot of opportunity because restaurants don't serve them around here. Again, lack of, we have, we have a few Portuguese restaurants, but they're kind of far away. And, and, uh, and growing, growing up in Sacramento, oh my God, we didn't have any, there was nothing. Right. And then there's actually a shishaf dinner coming up as a fundraiser this month that we're going to go to. So I think I might try them for the first time. But, you know, I'm also, you know, as proudly Portuguese as I am, I'm also third generation. So I'm pretty Americanized. So the whole like eating of the fish head thing, it still kind of grosses me out. You know what I mean? It has to be fried right. It has to be really crispy. And if it's done right and really crispy, it's just it's just a crunch. You're just like, you're not even thinking of the whole thing. You just eat the whole thing, tail and all. Mm-hmm. And, but what we were mentioning before, which is even smaller than the, um, the shishash. Well, uh, I'm, I'm like, all of a sudden I can't think of the word now. The pingash, the smelts? The smelts, the pingash, yeah. which is even smaller than the shishash. They're like these tiny, like almost like the size of you, like your pinky. They're like that little. Oh, wow. And 
they deep fry them also and like a little bit of salt and oh my god <laughs> is it so good and that's i love that whenever i go to um i go and visit family in the azores that they know i love my shishash uh, and that I that I love that also the patinga yeah. that was just like so 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 good. Yeah, I've I've gotten better at trying things that I normally would not try because I I was you know I was not the kid that ate everything. I was a very picky kid, and then as an adult, it's taken me a long time to you know try it and not kind of close my eyes, plug my nose, and try it kind of thing. But like I've tried karakoyj, not a big fan of karakoyj. But every time we go to Portugal, I try and try I try to experiment with a new fish or something like that so yeah so I think I'll try the shishatas for the first time and then I can report back see if I like yes it. yes well, it's, I want koish, it's more about the experience too because most of the time in the mainland at least you eat kudakoyish when you're at like the beach having a beer yeah like, enjoying the esplanadas <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> would I order snails here probably not <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah I'm right there with it's you a te- it's a texture thing you know I yeah. just Extra thing. <laughs> just can't get used to it. There's just like, you know, like povu. I've had povu a couple times. Once I really liked it. And in, in fact, Antelmo Fria, um, owner of Umakasa in San Francisco, it was his. And I was shocked that I liked it so much because the time before I had tried it, it was just too chewy and I didn't, it just, yes, again, it was not cooked right. That's, that's the whole thing. Mm. And I've said this before with octopus, if it's done right, it's going to be the same texture as you cook it as a, as you're cooking scallops. It's that same texture. Mm. And so it's a, it's a mixture of having a scallop and also the taste of crab. It's, it's like the, like the two of them together. And if it doesn't have that, if they overcook it just a little bit, just like a scallop, it's going to be rubbery. It's going to yeah. have, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and it's the same thing, the same thing with octopus. It's just the way that it's cooked, uh, makes the difference mm-hmm. and truly does. Cause yeah, I've, I've had octopus before I've gone, Oh my God, this is like, I can't, I can't eat it. But then when it's done right, it's like, Oh my God, this is fantastic. Yeah. So, um, tends to not be so overcooked because it's grilled. And usually it's like on point if it's like you said, if made right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what other question do we want to have? I don't think we asked the food memory question. Oh, we didn't. We didn't ask you that. Well, well, it might be my answer to that might be what happens to every Portuguese kid. You have a bunny for a few days, and then you know oh, your bunny no. run off. Yeah, also oh, another reason so why I'm not a fan. That's kind of traumatic. I can yeah, understand. right. Yeah. Oh like, man. Oh, bunny, and then you uh, a few days later, it's like they fatten that bunny up, and then it's done deal. It's like bunny run off, and then you're having chicken. <laughs> 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 So is that like so that's your first food memory as far as well so like what's your first food memory as far as like the first thing that you ate like even if it was like, well growing well growing up as a kid my parents were very my parents I, I my parents are you know super Portuguese I'm first generation American and uh, whatever they ate for dinner I was having for dinner if I didn't like it that's too bad that's what you're eating. So um, I remember sardines. I never was a fan of it. And, you know, now as an adult, I love sardines. And it used to be one of those things like, oh, mom made sardines, you know. And then, of course, the whole bunny experience as well. That was pretty traumatizing. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, my parents are very good, and I hope to one day do this. You know, once I have children, my own. You know, I mean, you can't really control picky eaters, but I feel like you know what? If this is what's for dinner, and if you're hungry, you know, this is what you'll yeah. eat. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, they'll be into all the Portuguese cuisine that I'm into. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will say. So we have a four and a half year old, and it's it's tough because you just have to stick to your guns about it. That's really what it comes down to. So like we made fish last night and she didn't want it. And I said, well, the only thing you can have is your leftover lunch because she didn't eat all of her lunch that we, we packed her for school. If you want that, that's fine. But other than that, you're not having anything else. It's either leftover lunch or what we made for dinner. So she had her leftover lunch and then that was it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you know, and it's hard because you're like, I don't want to send her to bed hungry or whatever. But like you said, if they're hungry enough, they're going to eat something, you know? Yeah. Um, and which is funny is that she likes fish. She just didn't want it last night. So she was being a four and a half year old, right? Exactly. exactly right. <laughs> the other, the other dish I'd say that I remember as a kid was uh, my mom would make peixinhos da orta. Which, oh, I love those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which for me as a kid, I couldn't understand that. I'm like, this isn't fish. Like, I don't understand why it's called peixinhos. <laughs> so for me, I was very, I remember being very confused. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know what? She needs to make that for the restaurant. Oh, well, should we do? We do in the summer. So in the summer, my parents still have their own vegetable garden. And so when they have the long string beans, uh, she'll make peixinhos, the orta. But it's one of those things that we'll, we'll just, we give it away to our customers. That's the thing too. When we're like, when we have like fresh things or stuff from like home or our garden, we just give it away. Like we have like on, you know, like Christmas Eve, we'll make melisades and we just give them away to our customers. It's a way of, you know, I, I received them. I was yeah. one of those that received them. <laughs> yeah, you know, our customers have become our family. And so, you know, when they, they support us, we support them. It's great. <laughs> you know, if you come in on that summer day when it's kind of on the quieter side, we'll be making peixinhos the orta. Oh, I miss that. I I'm miss that. Call you. <laughs> yes. Next time, call me. Oh, definitely. That sounds great. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, what is... I know you have a wedding that you're planning this year. I know you're, um, there's always something that's going on in that you're planning, but anything new planning for Tia's anything where you want to take it next or keep it the way it is or how do you want to do honey? Well, um, I'm, I believe in always having goals. And so one of the goals that we just achieved was I was an all electric kitchen. And I just recently, just two weeks ago, closed down shop for 10 days and we converted to gas. <laughs> and it's been, you know, it was a huge investment because, you know, we had no gas coming to the building. This building's from 1825. Everything's electric. And so uh, financially, it was a big investment. You know, we had to buy all new equipment, plumbers, electricians, like the whole exhaust system, anvil system. And so that was that was huge. That was big. And, you know, our cooking times have improved. Um, now it's a little bit of a learning curve because we're so used to cooking with electric that now it's like, okay, a muffin that took five minutes to grill now takes a minute and it could be burnt because we're cooking with gas. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a huge accomplishment just redoing my whole kitchen. Um, and from that standpoint, just investing in the building, you know, the business um, in the building, uh, I think was huge. It was a huge deal, you know, because we had we were so challenged in our kitchen. Future wise, um, I want to continue to grow. I don't see a second location. I'm big on believing if it's not broke, uh, you know, let's not fix it. Yeah. Uh, I believe that 
we are so successful also because of our location, the character of the building, you know, the, the type of food that we're serving, you know, it's, it's family style. Um, if we were any, if we were in any other location, I feel like we'd be um, another restaurant on the Avenida. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't see a second location in our future, but I, I do see, you know, more wine dinners in our future, um, you know, maybe a father night, um, just more events. Um, now that we're not as challenged in our kitchen and, you know, and continue to grow and, you know, be known as if you think Portuguese, you think New Bedford, you think Tia Maria's. If you ever do decide to expand, uh, <laughs> California is a big state and we have a lot of room for another Portuguese restaurant. <laughs> so. I have to leave that to my sister. My sister lives in California. Oh, really? Where? She's in uh, Eureka. She's in the Redwoods. Oh, yeah. So there's no Portuguese anything yeah. up there. I mean, there's Portuguese people, but um, yeah. Well, and then in Eureka, and then you could start doing the uh, marijuana infused, oh, yeah. there's Nata and yeah. things like that. We're going to save yeah, this for another part. <laughs> well, she's in, the, she's in the Emerald Triangle. That's where, that's yeah, where Eureka, is. Humboldt County. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for really? She, yeah. She's yeah. been there for about 10 years. So my sister, she um, went to school. She graduated from Rhode Island School of Design. Um, she was into craft blowing and she had a business opportunity there. And so she went off and it's been about 10 years now that she's been there. Wow. And she, her art is glass blowing. That's what yeah. she does. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's doing really well. I mean, um, when she does visit, she does help out too at the cafe because, you know, it's all hands on deck over here. (laughs) Anytime I have any family, it's like if we're busy, it's funny. I'll see like a cousin or an aunt. They'll just, you know, come right back in the kitchen and they'll help us. We have an open kitchen. We have nothing to hide. You know, Maria, you've come in, you speak. (laughs) I have. (laughs) Yeah, it's like all welcome. Just come on in. It it really is being at your family's home and, you know, I'm grateful that everyone feels comfortable with us. Well, you know, this has been a, a wonderful time spending with you. I, I know, again, we, we needed to wait till the end of the day of your work day for you to be um, on our podcasts. And I know you're tired, uh, but I, I really, both Angela and I are just um, so proud of you. And Thank just, you. We're just very happy. We love to hear success stories and we love to hear how our, our culture through food is you know touching other people and um and also exposing people who've never known anything about Portuguese or the Portuguese through food. So I, I mean it's it's a wonderful way of showing people who we are. And that is through Thank our food. Thank you for having me. I this is my first podcast ever. <laughs> well I think you did wonderful. Thank you. I got to hear this. <laughs> And then I feel like I might ramble, but no, but thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a very positive experience, you know, and you guys are doing a great job. And, you know, I look forward to seeing this grow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's time for us. And when we, Angela and I both started this, it was with the thought of, you know what, there are so many amazing Portuguese businesses out there and a lot of Portuguese people who are doing wonderful things out there. And we need to bring them uh, forward and and show everyone else, well, this is what, this is it. This is what you people are doing. Platform. 
Yeah. And for those out there that are thinking, oh, I'd like to do it, or maybe I can't, maybe it's good to listen to someone who is doing it and hearing how they did it. And, and maybe now after hearing you, they, you know, out in California, they're thinking to themselves, you know, Angela's right. Maybe I need to open something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's that, a demand, there's a demand. There's not there that many demand. restaurants over there and, by her. <laughs> yeah. And not, I mean, I was there last year. I know firsthand what Angela's is talking about. The ones that are there, they're really wonderful. They're great, but they're, we need more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not enough of them. You know, when you're talking about traveling, you know, an hour to get to the closest Portuguese restaurant or two or three, it, there's, that's, there's, there's an issue there, folks. Um, and I think we need to, to do more. So I think that's awesome. So thank you again, Jessica. Thank you. Thank no you. No problem. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. And I'll see you Hi, um, this weekend. <laughs> Bye, Jessica. Thank you so much. I will see you soon. I promise. Yes. Come on, come on down. We'll come on down. <laughs> for sure. Well, that's a wrap. So um, thanks everybody for, for joining and um, uh, hopefully you, if you live in the New Bedford area, please visit Tia Maria's uh, European Cafe, um, go online and uh, you know check out the menu, check out the awesome pictures of the, the facility and, and the, the food. And if you don't live in New Bedford, then you need to go to New Bedford <laughs> yeah. and go yes. there. That's right. <laughs> And if you go on Friday or Saturday nights for dinner, you'll probably see my husband and I there too. Well, there you go. It's a bonus. It's like a celebrity sighting. Yeah. She's a local celebrity. Just saying. Yeah. Um, Anyway, thank you again, Jessica. And thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Please be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a review on iTunes and share this podcast with all of your Portuguese friends and family and invite them to our table because... We want you to join us and, and, uh, you know, and, and hear about all the wonderful people doing wonderful things in our community. So with that, we'll say, até amanhã. Até amanhã ou até a próxima? Até a próxima, sorry. So, you know, everyone. Até amanhã, pode ser isso Thanks again for listening to our Portuguese Table podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on SoundCloud or iTunes. And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us at feedback at ourportuguesetable.com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até a próxima!